Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? It is. It is good to be in the Lord's house. I am glad that you are here. I am glad that you're watching. If you are, hello. Nice to see you. Yes, glad that you're here. And, um, and yes, and uh, coming on this beautiful fall day. Oh, my golly. Next week, you will get a call, but it is uh, fall back. So make sure that you set your alarms back so that you can uh, so that you can get to church on time. Well, of course if it's if yeah, if you get here, yeah, you'll just get here early. That's all right. I don't know what. So if you set them back great. If you don't, oh well. Um just, you know, sit out, wait on us. Um but we are going to be having our uh, Bonnie English and his wife are coming on Saturday 6 o'clock. Be here uh, listen to some music, join in, in with singing and and fellowshipping. And then afterward, we are having a cookout. Yes. So uh, we have we have the burgers and we have the items necessary for accoutrement with the burgers. Is that correct? Yeah, but okay, it will be. What if you are interested in bringing anything? Then what we need is individually wrapped um, desserts. So if you want to make a plate of brownies and um, put them into a bag. If you want to make some, mom said Rice Krispie treats. So if y'all are looking to to satisfy Sister Joiner, then some homemade Rice Krispie treats would be welcomed. Um, but, but cut and individually wrapped in, in a, a Ziploc bag. Um, if anyone would like to bring, we do plan to have two fire pits out here, so if anyone would like to bring, uh, now come tomorrow, all the candy's going to be on sale. So if you want to buy a bag of candy and uh, and have some, or a box of graham crackers, or a bag of um, marshmallows, um, s'mores is what I'm really looking forward to, so... If uh, if you want to, if you are interested in bringing anything, those are some of the items that are necessary, and uh, yes, some drinks. So if you'd like to bring, a, in a, either in a can or in a in a bottle, that's up to you. So if again, if you are thinking, hey, I really need to uh, to participate, then please do that. In addition to being here, because that's we really want your participation for that as well. So be here six o'clock then following with our uh, our cookout the 21st is thanks meal if you have made other plans change them because we need to be here on thanks meal because we, we have lots of great things going on we are going to be eating then too oh it's 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 second only to homecoming it's very exciting so make sure that you're here for that starting at 10 o'clock and and then we'll have our our meal after that, and our church Christmas party is the 15th at uh, on December 15th at 6:30. Be here, bring some party food. We will have a great time. It's always lots and lots of fun. So if you know someone who would not normally come to church, uh, that's a, a great way to bring them in because it's not really church. It's we are partying over in the <laughs> over in the fellowship hall. So uh, any other announcements? We will let you know. Nothing that I can think of right now, but but those are things going on. Please put all three of those dates on your calendar. Very very important. We would love to see you there. So uh, today is Halloween. 
of y'all don't know already. Today is Halloween, and um, and it's a you know <laughs> we always had a hallelujah party. So I <laughs> told somebody the other day that I'd never trick or treated um, because I, you know we always came to church and I dressed as the bride of Christ and stuff like that. But um, really, <laughs> thank you. Yes, it's true though. Um, it was you know lots of various head wraps and and that sort of thing but the thing that happens a lot of times in halloween what some people in my house really enjoy is the scaring the thing is on halloween this idea of scaring a fear uh, of of that kind of that kind of terror that rises up and i wonder why we why we want that why we would why we would encourage that because god did not give us the spirit of fear the spirit of fear is not from the Lord. So today or any other day, if fear tries to rise up, a couple of weeks ago I, I said you know, that song that uh, Zach Williams sings, fear is a liar. When fear rises up within you, when fear comes up and terrorizes your mind, you say in Jesus' name you do not belong here because God did not put this fear within me. So I encourage you today, do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings, your grace. God, we thank you for waking us up today and bringing us into your house on this beautiful day. God, we're so thankful for who and what you are. God, I thank you and I praise you because you have brought us together with the fellowship of believers. Lord, that we are able to come together and worship as one. God, that we are able to come and bring our requests to you, bring our tithes and offerings. God, I thank you that we're able to hear your word, and I ask that your will be done in each and everything that is said and done today. Father, that you would be magnified and glorified and lifted up. God, if there's anyone here who has come in with fears and burdens and cares, I ask in Jesus' name that you would relieve those fears right now. God, that we would each understand that you are with us wherever we go, and we do not have to be afraid because you are right there beside us. God, I just ask that you would bring healing and help and strength to each and every person person that's here today. Your will be done in this place. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I count on one thing. The same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. So yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes. I will sing for joy, though my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. And I count on one thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You 
won't fail me now and in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. So yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy, though my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes, I will. For all my days, oh yes, I will, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Let nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Let nothing can to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Let nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Let nothing can stand against, so yes, I will lift you high. In the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy, though my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all Lord, you are so good to us. Lord, you are so good. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence, Lord. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory. Oh 
Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. When you speak and when you move, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see and what we seek. When you come in the room, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see and what we Everything else can wait. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come now and breathe upon our hearts. Come now and have your way. Cause when you speak and when you move, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see. And what we seek when you come in the room, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see, and what we see.
Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. If you need to hear from him today, he is here. He is here. Thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to see that side over there filling up over on the... Man, it fi- with me and Mike don't feel so alone and shame. We don't feel so alone. We got help on that side this morning. Thank you for being here. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering for us, please? Treasure. 
Good morning. It's good to see you all. It's uh, now time to receive any prayer requests you may have this morning. Gretchen. Pray for Amanda's dad. He's getting out of the hospital and going to rehab and out of rehab. And let's pray for Papa's back. Sister Hager. Definitely want to pray for Doug, Sister Hager's friend. He's going through chemo and pray for her lost family. Brother. We'll pray for Brother Mike's wife. No, you said family? Family, sorry. Brother Vic, special needs. Lord knows all about. Sister Sugar? keep praying for her that's great and we want to pray for uh, your sister sister Shuggy's sister keep her in prayer Rhonda gotcha. I want to pray for Rhonda's brother Tommy Lord touch him today anyone else Yes. Healing. Yes, ma'am. Definitely will. Um, if that's it, any unspoken request, request that the Lord knows all about, raise your hand. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
Standard Fellowship, yes.
Prayer, Sister Wiseman, we're going to pray for you for, on behalf of your sister. So Sister Wiseman is going to be uh, prayed for on behalf of her sister who is... Who, <laughs> so if anyone would like to join in with us in praying for her, um, we believe... <laughs> we believe in miraculous things. We do. Yeah. Yes, and there's a, this has nothing to do with it. There's a new song, and it says, I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen metal plates dissolve. Don't you tell me he can't do it. And he can, he can, he will. And we believe it in Jesus' precious name. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because of who you are, I give 
comes to minister to us uh, the word of God in uh, word number eight today uh, the ten commandments will be done in just a little bit and I'll tell you every every service has been dying oh my oh I've I've been blessed and learned and received every time but last week did she outdo herself last week? Dear land of Moses, the anointing of the Spirit of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, let me, uh, I, I probably will appear every service now through uh, November, and I hope it's something we can catch on and, and, and do throughout the year. And it's, it has a little bit to do with Thanksgiving. But before we do that part, I just want to re-emphasize singing Saturday night, 6 o'clock. My favorite singer of all singers, I, and Brother Mike comes in real close second. <laughs> Brother Mike comes in real close second. But I pastored Biney for a couple of years. In fact, if his brother that is a professional singer, Mike English, if he would have been around, I'd have pastored him, you know. But he was always gone. I did get to play uh, basketball with him in the parsonage yard one time uh, with mine as well. But boy, you'll be blessed. Great singing, great singing. I just enjoy it. Oh, I, I wish he was a member here. <laughs> Hallelujah! But but he's on the road too. Some but right after that great singing. We're going to have some great fellowship. Oh, man. And we're going to be into hamburgers. If you want a, a little bit of mayonnaise and, and tomato and lettuce, or if your bag is, is mustard and chili and on your hamburger and onions, that boy, I'm looking for a good time. And then some of those guys, I don't know if I'll be able to stay here or not, but. Some of those guys want to do some s'mores and enjoy it. 
They're outside and marshmallow roasting in the fire, chestnuts roasting in the fire. Great time. Just looking forward to it. I was thinking just uh, this morning that when we came uh, almost 27 years, it'll, it'll be in uh, February, Sister Nance, which is now she's getting older, uh, her, her girls are watching out for her, but they, she lives a little close to them, can't come to church here. Sister Nance was the go-getter. I mean, she wanted everybody to come to church. Wanted everybody to be in church. Then uh, uh, Dina, and she's had to go home, but Dina, the go-getter, go-getter. Sister um, Lisa done some of that with her, her uh, Internet stuff, go-getter kind of stuff. And now our go-getter is a lady known, known as Robin DeWeese. Is it last name DeWeese? Robin DeWeese. It, she, I, I heard this for myself. It's not secondhand. We just need to get people come into this church. And she said that uh, a few weeks ago when, when she had been here maybe two times or three times. But just keep on, go get them, go get them. Hallelujah. This segment, hopefully every day, about Thanksgiving. I'd like to see two or three each service or more brag on Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm going to be first. I tell you, if there's people that love complaining, I've got plenty of that. Come home with me. I can give you a bunch of complaining. I can tell you what's wrong and why it's not working right and all that. But I'll tell you, those things need to be minor, very minor. Praise should be the first thing. I praise God for how he has helped me. In fact, I'm not sure if it's not every night. I believe it is that I'll, I'll take just a few minutes before I start praying for you guys. Thank you, Lord, for your help to me. Thank you for your blessing. See, you don't know all that I've gone through physically and emotionally. Boy, the emotional stuff. And, but God's been good to me. He has blessed me, given me a great family. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's good. Uh, we heard just a few days ago or saw it on TV. Thank you for being my dad or mother or something like that. Mom. Boy, that was good. And and we're about to get into Thanksgiving and, and you know yourself uh, Thanksgiving service, that's all. I don't ask. We don't take prayer requests that day. It's just thanks to God, thanks to God, thanks to God. I believe God wants more of that. Praise to Him. And so uh, there's much I could say, but it's a one, two, somebody else. Stand up and brag.
seeing uh, Steve uh, Saturday night, and I hope I hope Steve will get hooked as she is. Amen. We've already had some fellowship with Steve, a wonderful guy. He just uh, and I appreciate. Him. Maybe one more, maybe one more. Hallelujah! You want to brag on Jesus for anything? He's good, isn't he? God is so good. God is so good. Okay, you're waiting till next week? Oh. Praise God. I'm looking to be blessed of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He is good. He is good. And and we do, you know, when we're, all our songs are about thankfulness and as a, as hearing from the Lord about what to sing and that sort of thing, um, it's like, okay, well, that asks for something. So we don't want to. We take so much time asking for things, and he is he is faithful to bless. But there are times we just need to just thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Appreciate you, Lord. So, last week, our word was all about faithfulness, of course. Word seven uh, was, thou shalt not commit adultery. And if you missed it, go back and watch on the live stream you're welcome to <laughs> welcome to watch all of them but we learned that adultery whether against your spouse or against God begins in the heart we learned number two to do whatever it takes to protect the union of marriage because this is the second relationship first of course being the relationship between God and mankind but the second relationship that was ever created was between man and wife so it is a powerful force when there can be unity when there can be oneness when there can be prayer together it's a powerful force if we can remain faithful and the third thing was do not abandon your faith so married or single we are all in covenant with Yahweh and it is our duty and our responsibility to remain faithful to him because we bear his name and we must not bear it in vain the word we now see is still included within the set of commandments under love your neighbor as yourself so word number eight we will see in exodus chapter 20 verse 15 it says thou shalt not steal so as moses speaks this word to the children of israel a few things must come to mind for one, they had been slaves their entire lives, 430 years worth of slavery from the time that they were released and backward. They had been slaves. That's all they had ever known. That being said, it's possible they had never had much that was worth stealing. As God gives these words to them, it is to teach them how to relate to one another and how to relate to him as they come into the promised land. 
And although they walked around 40 years, that was nothing compared to the length of time that they were going to be in the land of promise that God had planned for them to be in the land of promise. So he had to establish within them more than what they had known before, that slave mentality, and put something else within them. So, as they were leaving Egypt, God put in the hearts of the Egyptians to send the children of Israel away with gold and treasures of Egypt. All of them left with just bags and bags full of, uh, of jewelry and treasures that, that had just been given to them because of the favor of the Lord. So certainly they would have had, at this point, a few things that would have been worth stealing. So Yahweh is telling them, don't steal. But again, establishing this new way of relation one to another. They were now to be dependent upon Yahweh for their needs to be met instead of the Egyptian taskmasters. So imagine that. If they had their entire lives lived in slavery, they would have had to ask the slave master for anything that they needed. They would have, ha or suffer and do without. Because they had no way to rely on themselves they had no way to work for anything more and greater they were stuck in that way of life so this was going to require a change in their mindset to come out of that yoke of bondage and not only a physical yoke but a mental yoke of bondage because our our past does not excuse us but it does explain us so some of the ways that we act, some of the things that we do, is a result of how we have grown up, what we have seen, the type of environment that we have been in. And we need to be careful before we judge other people because we don't know. We don't know the explanation for why they're acting the way they are. Again, no excuses, but explanations. We don't understand, ah, oh, this person's acting crazy right now. Why are they acting this way? You don't know what type of things they've dealt with in the past. So consider this word that God gives. Well, the word steal means to thieve, to deceive, or to carry away secretly. Now, we see this word here, and quite a few times, a few dozen times in the, in the Old Testament. We see it as well in the New Testament. We're not going there today because Jesus does confirm the, this commandment when he speaks to certain people. He says, oh, you know all the commandments, and he begins to list them. But he doesn't necessarily expound on this one. But he does say that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. So in the mind of Jesus, the thief, the enemy, is the one who is coming to steal and kill and destroy. Therefore, for any of God's people to consider stealing is to surrender themselves to the work of the enemy. We understand, of course, stealing is taking a thing that does not belong to us, and that's where we'll focus but also it's worth mentioning that this word was also used to indicate stealing a person in the following chapter chapter 21 you don't have to turn there but 
but if you're taking notes. In chapter 21, the Lord requires that anyone who kidnaps and sells a person must be put to death. So, there were provisions for people who had to sell themselves into indentured servitude. But for one who would stoop so low as to profit from selling a kidnapped person, they were deserving of capital punishment. So this command is listed with these three, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. All three of those, depending on the witnesses, were worthy of capital punishment. Because if a person was caught kidnapping, then they were to be put to death. So, this would have been important to mention for a few reasons. History has shown that people will do almost anything for monetary gain. We see that a lot right now. <laughs> Lord help. Never considering the people who might suffer because of it. The Lord did not want his people to follow the practices that they had been exposed to their entire lives. They grew up thinking that slavery was okay because they had been in that situation. So for them to kidnap someone and enslave them would have been almost second nature because they had seen it done. And God said, this is not right. Anyone who does this is deserving of death. They had been called to live a different way of life. Walking around the wilderness, there would have been little opportunity to kidnap and enslave someone. But Yahweh was also preparing them for the promised land. When they went into the promised land, there were going to be people there that they would have to defeat. And God said, that's not how you need to live your life. You do not need to follow the practices that you've seen your whole life. Those things you grew up with, they're not okay. It's not the right way. And God was trying to get that out of them. So think, why does one steal? Consider the reasons that a person might would steal. Well, first, covetousness. You see something, you just have to have it. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about that, so I don't want to get too far into it. As I was as I was studying, I wrote something that, oh golly, they're probably going to hear that again in a couple of weeks for covetousness because it was pretty good. It's like, oh wow, that makes sense. So don't listen too hard at that particular point because you're going to hear it again. That's just a joke. Um, <laughs> bless us. A second reason, entitlement. Wow. Oh, feeling as though we deserve said item. And have been denied it for whatever reason. Oh, I ought to have that. I've worked hard. Therefore, I'm going to take that. And the third reason, and I think that this is a, a big one, worry. The mistaken notion that any child of God would have, that we have to provide for ourselves, would cause us to steal because we think, oh, God can't, God can't work through this situation. I'm going to have to look after it myself. So sometimes stealing is a matter of a lack of trust. This is a very, very serious sin to the Lord. If a person was found guilty of stealing an animal or an object from someone, they were required to make restitution. We've already mentioned that if they were found to kidnap a person, then they were to be put to death. 
This practice was confirmed in the New Testament when Zacchaeus was converted. Y'all remember Zacchaeus, that wee little man? And he climbed up in the sycamore tree and wanted to see Jesus. And once he was converted, he said, you know what? I've, I've done wrong my whole life. I've stolen and I've extorted. And I have put too high a price for people to pay. And it, it's not right and I, I want to do correctly. So he vowed that he would be honest from then on. And he would pay back all those he had overcharged for their taxes. So when, when the Lord works in our hearts, we don't want to do those things anymore. We understand, oh, it's, it's time for paying back. It's time for restitution. It would also have been serious because stealing is detrimental to society. If I had to constantly worry about the security of my things, I become miserly and suspicious. Y'all remember the time when y'all could keep your doors unlocked? Y'all remember that time? Some of y'all do, maybe. Um, that you used to be able <laughs> to keep your, you know, to if your car was parked outside, just leave it unlocked. Or you could leave your doors unlocked. Yes. Not so much anymore. Because there are so many, the, the thief of this world who wants to steal and kill and destroy has has moved on the hearts of people to come in and steal and kill and destroy. So we can't trust like we used to. But also, we have this very protective nature over our stuff. We want to protect our things. This is mine and this is mine and this is mine and this is mine. And we want to just keep hoarding it up. Oh, that's, that's in a couple of weeks. Lord, help us. Because the thing is, we don't really own anything. I'm not saying leave your doors unlocked and let everybody come in and take your stuff. We don't really own anything. We are just stewards of what God has given to us. So, if I'm, if I'm worried about my stuff, I'm, I get suspicious. But if I'm the one stealing, then I'm opportunistic and secretive. I'm looking for ways. Oh, I can, I can do that. I can take that. I can. And you're scanning and you're, you're seeing what everybody has. I don't know about y'all. You know, you, you the the little things that you may take here and there. I was uh, <laughs> I was in one classroom on Friday and I was. Looking around, and there was some candy there. It's like, oh, that's, oops, that slipped into my hand. And it was just a joke, and I wasn't stealing. But, but you kind of have that feeling, right? You, you automatically become kind of secretive when you think, oh, should I do this or not? And you're just, you know, a little swiping there. But that's what happens. We become secretive. We can't be open one with another. We can't be honest one with another. And it breaks down our society when there's no honesty, when there's no trust. And God says this isn't right because you each need to be able to have communion and fellowship one with another. And if you're worried about people taking your stuff, then there can't be that open communion and fellowship. <laughs> like I can fellowship with you, but stay away from a purse. Um, bless it. So, 
neither of these things is good when I must be in a community with the same people for 40 years. We're all walking around together, and you notice you know, Ephraim over there has your has your bracelet that, that you got from the Egyptian. That's weird. So there's this, this matter of trust that needs to exist. Yahweh wanted to establish integrity and trust among the people whom he had planned to make a great nation. So consider our sin nature, and we all have one. We were, we were born into sin, just like David said, I was, I was shaping an iniquity and, and sin did my mother conceive me. Each and every one of us has a sin nature. A child doesn't have to be taught to steal. It must be taught not to. A child does not have to be taught to lie. You know, it's, you take a cookie. Oh, no, it wasn't me. Cookie all up on your face. Like, nope, wasn't me, Mom. Didn't do it. So that's the thing. A child doesn't have to be taught to do this. It's something that is natural because we have a sin nature. From the time that a person has an awareness of a desire, plus the opportunity for stealth, stealing takes place. Even something as simple as a piece of candy from the store. You know, you hear those stories about you get out in the in the car and after being at Walmart and <laughs> the kids in the back seat eating the candy bar. Where did you get that? Oh, it's from inside. I saw it. <laughs> Stuck it right in my pocket. And we don't, that, that sort of thing happens. But consider our responsibility as children of God who have been given a new nature by the redemptive blood of Christ. Paul says, all things are become new. He said, you are a new creation. Behold, all things are new. We don't have to do that anymore. So, first thing, we as God's people must have integrity. In Ephesians 4.28, you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes. In Ephesians 4.28... Paul teaches that those who have stolen in the past must not steal any longer. It's, he says, this person must now work with their hands in order to provide for the poor. Notice that. So he's not saying, Paul is not saying, if you've stolen, steal no more and provide for yourself. He takes it even a step further. He said, those who have stolen, steal no more and work to provide for the poor poor so we see that they have to have a complete turnaround we have to have a complete turnaround once I put on the new creation I'll do the opposite of what was typical I'm not just looking out for self but when I am a new creation there's going to be a complete 180 and I'm looking out for those who are less fortunate those who cannot provide for themselves, those who may be in the same mental position that I am, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to make it? But those who have stolen steal no more and work to help those less fortunate. So what does integrity look like? Well, 
the Bible is not super specific about the things that we would be in contact with. It does talk about animals. Don't steal an animal. Don't steal this or that. Or, but there are things that, that we come in contact with that n weren't necessarily in the Bible. But we can take the principles of what God has said and apply them to now. Just a, a couple of days ago, <laughs> I'm not going to tell the whole story. There's a great story that goes with this, but I won't tell y'all. If you want to hear it later, you let me know. But anyway, uh, Shane was buying something because he had to he had to dress up for work for Halloween. They had a competition, and um, and y'all better have won because just saying y'all were looking great. Um, but he he purchased something, and it was not the right thing. So we had to take it back. Well, they wouldn't accept, they would not refund. They only did exchanges. So I got a new wig. This is this is not a wig, but I just I, you know, when you have a chance to buy a wig, you just should. Um, <laughs> that's nothing to do with anything. But it's, you know, you never know when you're gonna need to look like the bride of Christ. Um, but we we went and you know bought a couple of things, and when we got home. I was taking my wig out, trying it on. It's it, And I realized they had put the thing that we were exchanging back into the bag. For goodness sake. So, the next day, I took that item back to the store. And I, and I stood in the line and the, and, uh, the girl said, you have an exchange, you have to go. I said, it's not an exchange. It's just, we exchanged this before and it got put back into my bag. So technically this isn't paid for and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm bringing it. She said, thank you so much. And I, why? It's not mine. Like, why would you thank me for giving you back something that didn't belong to me in the first place? Oh my. Oh my. So the thing is, integrity and I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, look how wonderful Jennifer is. But, but the thing is, each of us has to live with integrity. Each of us has that responsibility between us and the Lord. Not us and, and not just us and the rest of society, but between us and God. Because if I don't own this, I don't need to keep it. Integrity. Things like, and the, these are just examples, and if it convicts your heart, then then that's between you and the Lord. If it doesn't convict your heart, that's between you and the Lord. But, you know, silly things that you don't really think of. But Shane knows about that. Taking your, taking your cup, taking your cup in and getting a free refill. Oh, golly, he's chased people out, of the, out to the parking lot, <laughs> that sort of thing. Because, you know... If you didn't buy it at that store, it's not a free refill it at his store. It's, you know, stealing. Things like that. I mean, and that seems like a silly thing, but integrity. Because we have to live above what the world says is normal. And what the world says is okay because we cannot afford, we cannot afford to make the name of God look bad. I'm not saying that we need to be a fake. I'm saying that it needs to come from within our hearts. But there is nothing that we need to do that would hurt the name of Christ. Not correcting the clerk who gives us back too much money. Ever do that? Like, mm, she just gave me an extra dollar. She doesn't know how to count change. 
That's her mistake. Again, integrity, if it, if it convicts you, that's fine. If it doesn't, then that's between you and the Lord. I'm just, I'm giving us a few examples of things that we don't necessarily consider, but it's like, oh, maybe a little, that's a little sketchy. A long time ago, when they still had those cards, you had to have a card to put in your um, your receiver to get direct TV or whatever it was. We knew people, not we. They did. It wasn't us. It, not them. But I knew somebody. I knew somebody who would who would send the card to get programmed, so they'd get free cable or uh, satellite, whatever it was. And, you know, you'd put it in, and every once in a while, the company would scan the area, and then your card would get zapped. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it seems like a simple thing, but you're not paying for it. And Anyway, I'm not trying to nitpick, okay? That's not, I'm just giving a few examples. I promise I'm not trying to nitpick and say, oh, thou shalt not. But, but there are things that we do that's like uh, right on the edge of dishonest, right on the edge of stealing, and we think, oh, it's not hurting anyone, but is it hurting the name of Christ when we do these things and when we accept them as normal? Because favor isn't fair. When I have the favor of the Lord on my life, I don't get to, I don't get to live the way that the world lives and be okay with God. To say, oh, well, everybody does it, that's not really a good standard because I'm not everybody. I'm called out and I'm called to be different. So, Lord, help us all. Again, these things may seem silly and insignificant, and some of them are just kind of silly things. But where do we, as people who wear the name of Yahweh, get to draw the line? The second thing, we are responsible for aligning our desires with God's desires. When I have unex unmet expectations, my sense of entitlement begins to rise up. And I begin to justify the idea of stealing. Again, some of you, I've never stolen anything, and that's fine, that's great. But, again, this sense of entitlement, I deserve that. I begin to assume that my actions have caused me to deserve whatever it is that I want. This feeling may grow into action. People steal what they assume they deserve. So again, these, sin, these sins stem from a heart issue. When my heart is not right before God, that's where, it, that's where I begin to justify myself. Oh, it's okay. I've earned this. I deserve this. I ought to have this. It's all right for me to take this because I've worked for it. The third thing, and this is something that goes along with worry. You do not have to provide for yourself. We do not have to provide for ourselves. Okay, I'll say that again so you hear me and understand. 
you are not responsible for providing for yourself when you belong to God. Now, you are responsible to work, okay? If you don't work, you shouldn't eat that, you know. I know. I said that for you, Brother Mike, because I know that was the the thing. Um, But we are not responsible for the provision. If I'm doing what I can to work, if I'm going every day trying trying to do what I'm supposed to do, but it still doesn't seem like it's enough, God has promised that he would supply all of our needs. So this idea that I have to provide for myself, one of the best known examples, is in Malachi, and we are going to turn there. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye say, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast forth her fruit before time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Here we see the people to whom Malachi was speaking should have known better. They had the law before them. They had been taught from their fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers. They had been taught what the law said, that God, who owns it all anyway, because all my stuff is not really my stuff, but it it is a gift that God allows me to hold on to and use. So for him to require some of it back should not be an issue. They should have learned the practice of tithing and giving, but for whatever reason, they had abandoned this practice, and God was angry with them. He was upset with them. Not for nothing. God, again, was within his rights to say, give me a portion of this back. And why does he? So, I have in my series after series after series and we have in my notes uh, uh, on my phone giving and not just giving in tithes and offerings but the idea of giving in all aspects so we may talk about this at some time but but why would God who owns all things require that we give back a portion why would he say in his law give 
10% of all your earnings, all your increase. Why would he say that? And why would he say, give of these offerings a free will offering? Why? Because he could, if he chose to, rain down provisions on every single person. It, it was for the, the upkeep of the temple. It was for the, the help of the Levites. And we know that, we understand that. But God could have provided differently. Why did he choose to do it this way? For a couple of reasons in my estimation. For one, because there needs to be community. Because we need to support our local establishment. We need to support our local church and, and with our sacrifices of giving, then we're doing that. We are providing for the needs of the temple and the needs of the ministry within the temple. But also, God could have done it differently. But this was a matter of trust. To say, if you are looking at all the people you got to pay, weighed against this much money, are you going to say, God, it's yours anyway? This fight is not mine. This battle is not mine. So God, all this is yours anyway. So I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to put my trust and my faith in you. And the outcome is up to you, God. So here, it's not just an idea of greediness, but an idea of lack of trust. So oftentimes people rob, they steal from God because they feel the need to provide for themselves. They feel like, I've done it all my life. I'm, gonna, I'm the one. I've got to take care of this. I've got to do this. But God desires our trust. He desires for us to put ourselves in His hands and say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do this within my own power. But God, I trust you. I won't rob you to help me. I won't steal from you to help me. I trust you. We feel that responsibility to provide. Oh, we see that however much. Oh, this could be put somewhere else. I promise this was not a, a tithing message. But as I'm studying, as I'm going through this, and the Lord begins to, I'm like, okay, yes, Lord. What if God, because we see God was angry. We see that he was upset with them. He, he told them that he was that they had been cursed with a curse. It doesn't say, I have cursed you, but it says you are cursed with a curse. What if God was angry, not because they had stolen from him, but because their sin kept them from being blessed? What if God was upset because he, in his integrity, he, he, will, not, he will not go against his word, and if he had already said, I can't bless you if you're not tithing like you ought to. I can't bless you if you're taking from me. And he gave them this choice. You know, choose life, choose blessing. And they chose the wrong way and he's mad because it's like, I can't bless you. I want to. I want to, but you have shut up the windows of heaven. You have made it so that you only want to look after yourself. You're holding on with a, with a closed hand, and I cannot give to you 
unless you release it, unless you open it up. The consequence of their self-reliance was a curse, but God had already given them this choice, and he cannot go back on his word. He deeply desired to bless them, to open heaven's windows, and pour out immeasurable prosperity, but their lack of trust had prevented him from doing so. Don't let that be the case in our lives. Do not steal from the Lord. Don't steal from anybody, but don't steal from the Lord because he wants to bless. Even now, when we have that slave mentality, when my whole life I've had to work and I've had to strive and I've had to do and I've had to provide for myself, and I haven't had anybody look after me and to take care of me. And to When I have that mentality, then when I am taken from that yoke of sin and bondage and given new life in Christ, that mentality has to get out of my head. That mentality of, let me hold on to this, because this may be the last of what I get. Not so. According to God's Word, if we'll do what He says, immeasurable blessings immeasurable blessings when we obey when we trust when we follow what his word says we are not subject to the whim of some Egyptian taskmaster we belong to Yahweh so God's children must be people of integrity Therefore, those who have stolen must stand anew. Those of us who are God's children, when our desires, when our desires for ourselves line up with God's desires, I will not have to hold on so tightly. And I will not have to grasp at things that are not mine. If he hasn't brought it to me, (laughs) I keep grasping for it, and it's never going to really be mine. I keep reaching out, oh, I need this thing, I need this thing, I need this thing. I need this this relationship, I I, I need this, this vehicle, I need this house, I need this thing. I need this promotion to make me happy, to make me... And I keep grasping after things that don't belong to me. And I'm stealing because that wasn't mine. But when my desires line up with God's desires, then he will provide in a way that I can't imagine. And then, as a beloved child of God, I have the promise that my God shall supply all all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus so it is no longer my responsibility again my responsibility to work yes but my responsibility to provide I I can't tell you how many times I've said to Shane Williams Mike Nieder and if Mike you're watching this is true Mike Nieder doesn't sign your checks (laughs) Mike Nieder's not the one Mooresville Graded School District, they're not the one who signs my check. I am provided for by my Father. 
He is the one who gives me the strength to go about my day. He is the one who provides for me. Therefore, I have no need of anything that has not come from his hand. As the music plays, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. We will go to the Lord in prayer. And if you have, and an if you've stolen, steal no more. But if you're having trust issues, then today is the day to surrender that to the Lord. Surrender that fear, because fear's a liar. Surrender that fear that you have to look after yourself, that you have to do it all alone. Surrender that fear to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that is true. Thank you that the word that was written thousands of years ago to apply to one group of people is also now alive, that it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you. We thank you that your word can come alive to us, and we ask that it would. God, I pray that your word would go forth today and let it accomplish everything that you have planned and purposed. There is no one who is here by accident, but I pray that we would receive from you, that we would hear what you have to say, and that those who have stolen would steal no more. And that instead we would turn around completely that we would work and begin to provide for those, that we would be able to be a blessing to those who do not have. Father, I ask you now that you would touch each and every life. Father, if there's anyone who has, anyone who has 